1: Hey y'all, it's Dave, you with with Black Scent.
2: What's up y'all, it's Jasmine Bledsoe with the New Black Collective.
1: And this is Stories of the Streets.
2: Stories of the Streets is sponsored by Rogue Media, the New Black Collective, Scent, and Change Waco.
1: Um, Today we have a very special guest for y'all. Um, She's almost a woman who needs no introduction. She's helped out with the Waco Immigrant Alliance, with Change Waco, and she's running for Waco ISD School Board. Um... Hope Balfa Mastakim.
2: Yes, Hope is running for the Board of Trustees at large position number seven. Um, Early voting is still going on. Um, Early voting ends tomorrow. and Election Day is next Tuesday, November the 3rd. So get out and vote.
1: Please, everybody needs to go out and vote, and especially um, in these more smaller elections like school board and city council and, you know, all these other ones that don't get a lot of media attention, but, you know, really should. So that's one reason we asked Hope to kind of come on today to talk about her platform and her position and why it's important to not only vote for your um, you know, school board people, but to pay attention to who who's running.
2: Of course. Um, just uh some information about um Hope. Hope uh has a website that is hope for dot com. That is hope the number for wacoisd.com dot com. And you can follow her on Facebook and Instagram at hope for
0: Waco ISD. All right. Thanks for having me, Davey R. and Jasmine. I'm so happy to be here. So proud to see what this podcast has become. Um, As we all know, this just started out as an idea, a vision um, this summer. And so it came to fruition thanks to Mike and Rogue Media. So um, I'm here today to talk about voting. Um, I know everyone's heard a lot about it over the past couple of weeks and months. But specifically, I want to talk about local elections. Of course, we know that national elections are huge. You know, it's, it really determines the climate that organizers have to work in de- based on who the president is and, and what that leadership looks like and the tone that it sets in the country. So on one hand, I do believe that those the national elections are important because we want leadership that um, just speaks kindly of people and is optimistic and positive and um, doesn't really stir division. And um, just brings more unity about. And um, I know that that was a complaint. Some people had some complaints about President Obama. But the one thing I did appreciate was that he was always trying to bring people together. And help people see both sides of things and um, wasn't trying to push through policy and in a super aggressive way he was just always trying to listen to people and that's because he came from an organizing background, you know he was a community organizer before he was a politician, and so um, similar to me, um, we just understand that we fundamentally believe that the solutions to our problems lie within our communities, and that it's our job to facilitate those discussions. And amplify the voices of people that aren't being heard, that are being oppressed, that are being ignored and silenced intentionally. So, on one hand, I want everyone to go out and vote for the presidential elections for sure, um, because I want to be able to do my job as an organizer without coming against you know this this environment of vitriol and hate. So, um, I'm going to return back to civility and, and open dialogue. Um, but aside from that, local elections and even your state elections, regional, man, mean, those are super important because things like education, like we get funded, like the state decides on how much they're going to fund our schools. Um, and based on and right now, I believe they're they're funding Waco ISD somewhere around 25 percent when they should be funding us 55 percent of our budget. So um, and that's state representative Doc Anderson that votes on that. And so we have Catherine Turner Pearson running against him. And Kat is super passionate. She calls him on all his BS. I was on a call with him with them uh, Zoom forum the other day where she flat out told him, if you believe so much in public schools, why are you voting against them? Why are you voting to defund them? And he said, no, I'm not. And she said, yes, you are. And it was hilarious to see someone finally hold him and anyone in power accountable for the things they do when we're not watching. And so for one, we've got to start watching. We've got to keep on top of that. And as Change Waco grows in its membership and its and its capacity, um, hopefully we can have people that keep eyes on that consistently. But um, other than that, we have, yeah, the state elect state representative, we have congressional representative. I know Rick Kennedy's running um against sessions. And so you know where my vote's going on that. And then um, and like I said, no, no candidates are perfect in my eyes, but I'm always looking at it at for one, who's gonna create this environment of um, being able to collectively work together for change and come to the table even with differing ideas. Um, but also, who is plugged into our community and understands the things that we go through and see and struggle with on the daily? who who who's at least listening, um even if they're even if they don't live in our neighborhoods. So I do appreciate that about Rick. Um, and then more locally, we have mayor, city council, school board, and county commissioner. Um, so I will talk about, you know, I, I won't endorse someone unless I know enough about them. So I'm going to leave the county commissioner stuff alone, but, um, it is partisan. So if you vote Democrat, you vote Republican, you have that choice. Um, but on our nonpartisan elections, we have city council and school board and mayor. So um, I know Change Waco and Blackson actually Blackson put out some, an informational kind of one pager about the candidates or actually, no, it's more than one page. <laughs> that thing's long. We scroll, scroll, scroll through that. But um, but it's a great resource. You know, take your time to read it because people put in work to create that resource for you. Um, and so look at your local candidates uh, for school board position six and seven are open. That's at large. That means we represent the whole district if we're elected. And so I know Keith Gillery is running against Robin Houston. Um, and then I'm running against Carrie Dupuis. Now, we you know we're not here to vilify anyone, but I am saying that over the past how many years, eight plus years, our schools have been struggling, almost shut down by TEA. And if you've been on the board that long and the schools have been struggling that long, I think it's time for you to stand down and let new leadership take over because clearly you're not getting the job done. Regardless of what your skill set is, you know, your experiences, whatever, it's not doing the job. And so second of all, we need board members who have kids in the district, preferably kids that are not, you know, right about to age out of the district. You know, people that have an investment in our district for the long haul. And so I know that's me and Keith for sure. Keith and I have been on each other for about 10, 10 years. While he was at Carver, he was like a community partner at Carver and I was a social work intern at Carver and we worked on an asset map together. And I remember Keith saying, like, I'm so tired of people talking about things they want to change. He goes, I want to see follow through. And um, so it was that was great. Man, it was accountability. And sure enough, you know, here we are eight, eight-ish years later, and Keith and I decided to run for office. And he's like, Hope, I've been watching you over the past, you know, eight or so years, just peripherally, like social media and stuff, and you've been really doing what you say that you're about. He's like, I'm so like, it's awesome to see someone follow through, stick around and really put their neck out on the line for people. And so, um, we decided to run because we want to bring that change because our kids are in the district. We're, we're completely invested in success, but we also have the relationships with kids that maybe don't have what we have in our homes or do come from the backgrounds we came from. And so we have been in the schools building relationships for years with teachers, with parents, with admins, with students. And so we are keenly aware of the things that they're going through, but also what their assets are. Like our students and parents have strengths. And if we, don't, if we don't look at that and try to leverage that and organize around it, man, we're missing out. Because, you know, some of our parents, they can teach something. They can come to the school and teach cooking, sewing, whatever, those life skills that we're not teaching anymore. Um, we can, you know, just involve them in creative ways to make them feel like they they're wanted on campus, to make them invested in education again. But Because it's not their fault. Like a lot of our Waco ISD parents, they were just students 10 years ago. I mean, I've seen that happen with my my Mission Waco youth. They're parents now. And I saw that uh, Waco ISD didn't do right by them back then. And now how are we expecting them to be engaged parents who are super excited about PTA and stuff when they know what it's like to be a Waco ISD student? They just lived it. They know what it's like to feel outcasted or discarded or not important or like you're just in the school-to-prison pipeline. They know what it's like to be sent to ISS anytime they're in a bad mood or they've had some stuff go down at home last night and their teachers are so overwhelmed, 30 plus students in the class. They can't be sensitive to that. And so they're just trying to take control of the class and they send you out. I mean, there's so many things wrong that need to be addressed by our school board, our classroom sizes, the technology gap, the language gap. I mean, we have 23% around 20% of students who are ESL, which means our parents are too. Um, So why do we only have one set of headsets for translations? Why do we have like one interpreter officially who has to go between all the campuses for parent events? I've seen on campus custodians doing interpretations, librarians, students, anyone. For one, you can't, you don't know if that quality is good. So you're sending home stuff that parents are like, wow, they really tried on this one. You know, they really care about us. And then for two, sometimes it's like not even right for a student to have to interpret during their own parent conference. And that doesn't show parents that you really want them around and that you want them engaged and you want them invested. I mean, there's things we could do. Like I said, soap-making classes, ESL classes on campus. And what my major platform has been is mental health. Like, we have so many social work interns, clinical social workers who are trying to get their licensing. They need 200-plus hours. So many opportunities. MHMR, there's grants. I mean, you go out there and you seek the things, the funding, or the people that you need to put into these positions so that we can make it happen. You know, our parents and kids and teachers need mental health resources. They need someone to process with a lot of our teachers are dealing with secondary or vicarious trauma. You know, we, we know, we hear vividly and see what our kids are going through, whether that's having a parent that's been incarcerated, whether that's having a parent or loved one that's just been picked up by ice, whether that's, you know, our family doesn't know where they're sleeping tonight, you know, or, or, or someone in my home's going through abuse. Like, It's there's so many things and never I'm never one to vilify the parents because, you know, a lot of it is generational, cyclical, systemic. It's not even their fault because we didn't provide mental health resources for their parents. So it just continues. And so we need to stop it here because we know that Harris County Jail is the biggest mental health facility in Texas. Right. So we're we're putting people in jails and prisons who need mental health resources. And so we need to work collaboratively that make that happen and start at a young age because, you know, I have so many friends that work in the clinics and hospitals and a uh, family health center. And they're like, we got babies like seven years old coming in with schizophrenia and paranoia from PTSD. And so how can we address that now and try to treat that now or at least help, you know, ease that, mitigate some of those symptoms or ease some of those symptoms up so that they can at least learn how to read, you know, how they can function, you know, at least up until eighth grade, learn how to read and take care of themselves and and, and function in society. But We've, if we want to try to reduce the dropout rate, we've got to look at why. Kids kids aren't just bad and they don't want to learn. Parents aren't just unengaged because they're lazy. You know, that. looking at people through that lens is going to get us what we've always gotten. But we've got to look at them through an asset-based lens, a strength-based lens, be willing, even as volunteer board members, to put in that extra time to organize, coordinate. I was on a, a, a Zoom call with my opponent a forum the other day. And when I brought up the idea of integrating like volunteers or like intern social workers or clinical social workers, he expressed like, oh, that's going to take a lot of time. And that's a lot of work. And we got to make sure we got to vet volunteers. Well, no, duh. That's why you got people. You need people on the board who energetic enough to do that or to make that happen to see it through. Good thing I'm an organizer, right? So so basically, whenever you start complaining and saying that our budget's too small and, you know, just being negative about all the ideas being brought up, you're showing that you're not invested in this anymore. And so I, I want to, you know, I'll give props to people who have served on our board for as long as they have. Um, but you've got to know when it's time to go, when it's not no longer a- about you anymore. Right. And so um, I besides that, South Waco District 3, you've got a choice between Jose Vidania and Ilda Sabido. And um, I know Ilda and her husband, Hector, personally, and they're just, they're great folks, super passionate, super full of compassion, um, positivity, and, um, you know, Ilda grew up here and been through all the schools, and Hector's our city council member, so real solid family that's got such, man, a heart for the community. They're involved in the community, invested, and um, they're real intentional about building relationships and lifting other people up. So Ilda, man, if I was in District 3, she'd have my vote, but... I want y'all to go out and like make y'all informed decisions. Let let yourself, you know, put put in that energy to go look up the candidates, even just to to scroll through the the document that BlackStint created, make an informed decision because our school funding, you know, that comes from the state. Our programs in our schools, that's on our Wake Wise D level. Um, let's see what else on the state. I mean, there's anything from education. Uh, immigration certain immigration decisions can be state based on the state like SB four was an awful policy, an awful bill that was brought down by the Texas Senate. And that really terrified our immigrant population, blurred the lines between ice and police, pushed people into alienation, isolation and created more mental health problems. And then we have COVID. So we've got to be proactive about, you know, emergency preparedness. We've got to invest more in our language, justice, um language equity on campus which for me it's justice right it's a social justice issue um but language equity mental health um and teacher turnover man that's going to be a product of us reducing classroom sizes getting kids and teachers the the resources they need to be able to deal with what's coming at them daily and um getting them the you know building teams i i've heard one of our um Candidates, Robin Houston, I think talking about teacher master teachers and teacher teams, and that's excellent. I mean, that stuff works. Um, and then parent engagement. I mean, we've we all know statistics show that the more engaged our parents are, the better our kids' scores are. So we can't just hammer down on instruction and curriculum without looking at the environment and the other circumstances around which our students are trying to learn. So, um, Mike, how am I doing on time? How many more minutes we got? Just keep going. <laughs> All right. Is that, are we, and that, Is that enough? Okay. We're going to cut that part out. <laughs> so anyway, all that to say your voice carries weight. Your vote is your voice. There's a lot of people who have sacrificed a lot for you to get a vote, especially if you're a person of color, even females. Um, you know, at one point we couldn't vote. So your vote is your voice. Don't squander that don't tell yourself it doesn't matter because it does. There have been times where school board elections, city council elections have come down to 12 votes. In some cities, some some counties, it's come down to one vote or a tie. So your vote matters even six times on the ballot this year because you're not just voting for presidential. You're voting all the way down the ballot for so many different levels of government. And especially on the local level, your vote really carries weight. So show up. Make a plan if you need transportation, if you if there is anything stopping you from voting, you can DM me personally on the Hope for Wake YSD page. We'll set something up. There's no reason for you not to vote. We need every single voice because this is how things have always stayed the same. and The same people have always stayed in power is because they fooled us into thinking that our vote doesn't matter. Or they've 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 convinced us that, uh, you know, that, that there's some other bigger force that controls things. Y'all, that is a way to keep us stuck and silent. And immobilized. Show up. If 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 voting wasn't powerful, we wouldn't have had people in the past willing to die for that right. So, show up and vote. You have until November third, your final day. um Who knows what's gonna happen on November fourth, y'all? But just (laughs) come out and vote. At least by November third, yo. If you're in a voting poll, a polling location, at closing time, and you're in line, and the polls have closed you have a right, you will still be able to vote. So even if you see a line, man, stay there. Bring your lawn chair, do whatever you got to do to vote because collectively our voice, it changes things. So anyway, if you want to find me on on Facebook or Instagram, it's at hope 4 ISD. the number four, Hope4WakeOISD.com. You can even email me at Hope4FOR. I don't know why I did that to myself. Wait, Hope4WakeOISD at gmail.com find me on all the social medias, inbox me, DM me. Like I want people to feel empowered, um, excited about voting. And I uh, appreciate uh, all of our young people, especially who are passionate about change and uh, willing to dive in. And, you know, we don't have to do it perfectly. Just, just do it. But um, yeah, thanks for having me guys. And I'm super proud of David R and Jasmine and this podcast and where it's going. And um, yeah, let's just keep up the work, keep grinding and, Even if we don't get everything we want in this election, progress is progress. It's slow. We got to keep it moving. But anyway, thanks for having me, y'all. Have a great day, everyone. Bye-bye. We want to thank Hope for coming on
2: today, uh, talking to us about the importance of not only, um, you know, the presidential elections, um, but local elections as well. Uh, We always want to reiterate that, it's great that you vote for the president, um, but it's also um, important, maybe more important that you're voting for local officials and the people that will be serving you in your own community. Um, so, yeah, thanks, Hope, for coming on today. Um, we look forward to you being elected. Um, yeah. Do your research. You still have a little time if you haven't done any research on some of the other candidates that are um, running for mayor and we have a, a lot of elections judges. going on so yeah we're yeah it's very important that you guys educate yourselves and don't please i know that you want to just vote straight democrat but that doesn't serve any of us if you haven't done the research on the people and their policies and what they believe in um if you don't know don't vote for them yeah. um that's just the honest thing is it's important for you to vote but if you have not educated yourself on policies um, you're not doing a service to anyone Not even yourself Just voting a straight ticket Because of your political affiliation So do your research If you're unsure You don't have to bubble it in It will spit it back out And tell you that you have a <laughs> a partial uh ballot oh, yeah. But you can reinsert it And ask it to take it as is So you know Don't just be bubbling in circles That's like taking the tax test And you don't know the real answers
1: <laughs> The straight guessing through filling in blanks because i have to but yeah thank you again hope and as always you can follow you can find stories of the streets on instagram and you can find us on apple music apple thank you. apple podcast apple podcast <laughs> spotify um you find change waco new black collective and black scent all on instagram facebook and i think we all have Twitters. twitter <laughs> um thank y'all and you know have a good day go vote
2: yes please vote
1: this has been Road Media Network Podcast.